Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for December the 9th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two, and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. The checks and balances brilliantly, brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips? As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled, we're taking America back, one heart, one mind issue at a time, Friday. And man, I don't even want to cover yesterday's news. Why? Because it's just so out of control. All right? <laughs> we talked to Brian Rust and Kelly Finnegan, and we talked about the Honest Money Report. We talked about just 8% of Americans have a positive view, view of cryptocurrency. We talked about economists saying the housing recession's here. We talked about Joe Biden claiming the economy's the top issue, and he wants to invest in America and bring jobs back from China. He's lying through his teeth. You can't have an honest discussion about money if you're not going to talk about honest money. All right, liberal media outlets are laying off staff, laying off staff left and right. How do you like that for the economy? <laughs> we then continued with our buddy James Edwards. We talked about Liberty Roundtable, promoting God, family, and country. I sat down as the host of Liberty Roundtable with our dear buddy William F. Jasper, Bill Jasper, with the New American for an incredible video. We talked about Joe Biden renews call for assault weapons bans. We talked about L.A. County suffering now a full-blown coronavirus increase. Deaths are ratcheting up as well. Liberty Roundtable Live and Liberty News Radio are back on Twitter. USA plans a broad increase in military efforts in Australia because they're worried about our most favored nation trading partner, Communist China. Supreme Court ways to hear the Brunson case. That's what we talked about. Great, great show. Why do I say there's so much to talk about? Because we're just getting started, folks. Dr. Bradley's with me today. FreedomsRisingSun.com. They passed the Perversion Marriage Act. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir. <laughs> You're welcoming me back with that crappy news? Come on. I mean. <laughs> I Can't mean, help it, on. sir. That's what's happening in the news. Team me up with something I can hit a nice long drive on the golf course with. It just kind of sails to the pin. Oh, really? I mean, this is here's here's how you hit this to the pin. We have literally, uh, when they forced judges to go for the same sex marriage thing, and it wasn't really, I mean, it was state by state, and states felt trapped by it and all that. That was one thing. Now we literally have the nation doubling down by its legislative body to throw marriage into the hands of the general government where there's no constitutional authority, uh, and they literally had Democrats and Republicans betray us on this altar. You're going to have child bride marriages. You're going to have perversions tell the cows come home on this. I'm telling you right now, the Lord might have protected the few uh, who were standing against this in the past, uh, but nowadays, uh, you know what? He will unleash his fury for, in my opinion, 
our abuse of God's law and the perversion of God-ordained marriage. How's that to let you hit it off, sir? Well, yeah, but I still don't feel good about what they did. But uh, here's, well, here's something I put out yesterday to some people that says, it is a full disclosure of the effort to make acceptable these things which are undermining and destroying God's plan. The nation has voted and has chosen the path that they find acceptable. It's no longer a 2015 Supreme Court decision made by black-robed, unelected judges. It's no longer an executive order that was issued by Mitt Romney in Massachusetts unconstitutionally. It is a law that has no justification being passed at the national level, but nevertheless a law that went through the legislative body of the United States. The nation has chosen through its representatives. Those representatives are duly elected representatives of the people. The nation has lost all excuse. God's response is waiting. I mean, I really do think that we've deepened, we've, we've got onto the deep end and we can't swim. Uh, this nation, you know, before it was just judges and stupid governors and so on that were meddling and muddling where they had no right to go. But uh, now the nation's representatives have chosen this path. It's being signed by the executive. And, uh, and I just, you know, and I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek, it almost sounds blasphemous. I mean, like I'm, you know, somehow poking God in the eye or something like that. I'm not. I'm really not. Because this is something to show how serious it is. We, as a nation, and it's not just on this issue. There's a whole plethora of issues. I mean, the uh, legalized, uh, institutionalized murder in war and all those kinds of things. I mean, we are there. And I say sometimes, again, I don't want it to sound over the top, but, but I say things like, wow, we continue along this path. God's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah if he doesn't do something with us. I mean, we, we really are, I think, I mean, you look at thou shalt not steal, you know, the Eighth Commandment. We steal from our neighbors all the time. You know, Isaiah warned us about this, how we were plundering our neighbors. And, and, and it's like, oh, what am I doing, going over and stealing gas out of my neighbor's gas tank every day or every night when he's asleep? No, no. We vote for things or our representatives vote for things, and we empower them to because we seem to want them to, to take money from everybody else in favor of some, oh, I don't know, favorite um, project that we think might be cool. I mean, you know, and everybody does it. I mean, I hope and pray I'm, I'm diligently seeking to prevent that, but the fact of the matter is virtually everybody says, oh, yeah, but it's, well, I'll just give you an example. <clears throat> Back in 2006, I was running for the United States Senate. And uh, I was at a very big festival, uh, a freedom festival, they call it. They had big parades, and they had, you know, booths, and they had big speeches, and they had fireworks, and they had entertainers. I mean, you know, you know how those things go. Fourth of July has kind of become a beer bust with, with fireworks. But, you know, it's it's strayed far from what it should be. But anyway, I was working a booth. You know, getting um, you know brochures and information out, and some guy comes past my booth, and he's and you know, I was handing out Constitution. He said, "Oh, the Constitution! I love the Constitution! Oh boy, we gotta have that Constitution." He just went on and on and on like that, and I said, "Well, then you'll be very pleased with the perspective I have about the, uh, you know, the uh, wars that are going on in the Middle East." He said, "Oh, well, what do you mean?" 
I says, well, you know, they haven't been entered into in a constitutional manner. They violated Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11. They're not constitutionally declared. There's, there's uh, uh, no tie to anything that would say that we're doing this the right way. Oh, we had to do that. I says, well, the president just took us there willy-nilly and of his own accord. He says, well, the president had to do that. The Congress wasn't going to do that. And I said, well, who has the power? I mean, the whole conversation unraveled very, very, very quickly. And he said, no, th it, you've got to violate the Constitution sometimes if somebody isn't going to do the right thing. And it's like, well, so your decision to violate the Constitution and it being all right, and my decision to not violate it, it's a matter of opinion then, right? Well, yeah, so you know, we have to take action on these things. And it's like, no, you don't understand. If your opinion is the only one that matters, then there is no Constitution. You know, and anyway, he walked away mad. I mean, I've yeah, there you go. It. That's that's the way they do it. But listen, Doctor Bradley, the House of Representatives voted to pass a final version of the quote Respect for Marriage Act, which requires states to recognize same-sex marriages from states that are in uh, from other states. Thirty-nine Republicans decided to jump on board with it. Now, yeah. here's the problem I have with the whole thing, though. This thing went from the House in July to the Senate. Then the Senate supposedly put in some religious protections, uh, but then they decided not to, uh, and then they passed it, and then it went back to the House to get repassed. Now President Joe, they say, is going to sign this thing. Uh, my question, though, is um, we go about, and this is really important education for folks, we go about this all wrong. What we're supposed to have is the House pass a bill, then that same clean bill go to the Senate, and then the Senate pass it. What we're not supposed to do is have the House pass a bill, the Senate doesn't like it, so they change it, then the Senate passes a bill, then the House goes back and relooks at what the Senate does and considers passing it again, and then they have different bills, and they oftentimes kind of work together to hammer out their differences or take out or in or what uh, to work. That's not really the way it's supposed to work, right? Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7 says it is. They can do that. They can start a bill in the House, go to the Senate, amend it, it has to go back to the House, and they reconcile, and then it goes to the President. Go read but Article doesn't it need to go to the Senate seven. again? No, not if it's exact bill Senate passed. But but here's the deal. So hold on. Uh, so they agreed to this exact same bill the Senate passed? They did. So and here's the, bill the question. The are passed. there any, hold on, are there any protections for religious protections in it? There's not, only right? For, only for institutions. Only for institutions. And so you got the left of center churches that got supported, got behind the uh, the Senate bill. Uh, we could name those churches, and you might be shocked who's left of center, but they, they protected their own butts is what they did. When we get back from the break, everybody else we're going to name them. The, okay, the LDS Church for one. I mean, uh, the a lot of the Episcopalian kinds of organizations and so on. The Catholic Church was against it, and so were most of the evangelical churches. But... Um, I'm I'm here to tell you. Well, when we come back, maybe we can talk some more about this. But but that's how it went down, and all the individual liberties and rights are on the table now to be swept off by government intrusion. That's the problem. But My the statement is, God's God help us all. Quick pause. Liberty Roundtable live. 
Have you ever heard of Loving Liberty Ladies? Well, the Loving Liberty Ladies are here to help you learn our American heritage and the way it affects today's society. The Loving Liberty Ladies also have a discussion guide called Proclaim Liberty. And with this guide, you can start your own group in your hometown. Get yours today on our website at lovingliberty.net. Look for our lesson supplements too. They're free. To hear all the special offers and to join the fight for freedom and liberty, please go to lovingliberty.net. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues of the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today and gift ideas like this year's Buckaroo calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Why does the left lie constantly? Because they get spiritual power from lying. The lies come from Satan, the father of lies. John 8:44. Here's how the political lying process works. Satan provides the beast with a lie. Then the more they use the lie, the more spiritual power they get. Look, the media is a lie multiplier, and this multiplication gives more evil spiritual power to the beast, and that can overwhelm and even deceive the body of Christ, especially when the body is being disobedient to the head. The churches today are incorporated, so they're subordinate to human government. They obey the beast and do nothing to restore our national relationship with God. And the government shall be on his shoulders, Isaiah 9, 6. That verse is not for the present day church. Rather, it is for the end time church, the body of the line of Judah, a message from Christ Kingdom Ministries. Live and on your radio, Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you're doing well. So, yeah, 39 Democrats, are, I'm sorry, 39 Republicans joined the Democrats to pass this thing. The Senate betrayed us as well. They say this now heads to Biden to be signed into law. I don't know that you can make law that violates the Constitution, though, Doctor. Where's the authority for the federal government, the general government, to control marriage? Is there authority in the Constitution for that? There is not, and, there, and honestly, okay. So let me get back to this. Then you can't go from the House and the Senate, and the House and the Senate back and forth and back and forth, and then sign a bill into law that you have no authority to create in the first place, right? That doesn't stop them. But you're right. Okay. I mean, we should all be blown <laughs> away and offended. I know, I know, I know. This is how falsely we are. <coughs> Excuse me. The entire premise of our operation is falsely based. And we are on a real slippery slope on, on so many things. But let me just take an example here about how the institutions protected their own butts. They said, okay, 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 we're in favor of this because let's just say, okay, first of all, the law says the marriage is between two individuals, okay? And and so they, they felt like they were protecting us from a polygamous or polyandrous kind of thing coming into this, where there's multiple spouses or something like that. Okay. But there was nothing in there about some egregious thing, like let's say California or Massachusetts, uh, two likely states to do this. Say it's okay for a 12-year-old boy to, to marry a 55-year-old man. I mean, because you know, the age of consent has been lowered down to that. Okay, so so if, if in Massachusetts or California, 
a 12-year-old boy and a 55-year-old man get married, so they move to your home state, wherever that is. I don't care where it is. Uh, any other state, that that state must recognize that marriage. So if that boy and that man come into a hotel in that state, and they register as Mr. and Mrs., whatever, the hotel has to say, oh, fine, you can molest this little boy in my hotel without a problem. But if that same 55-year-old man and 12-year-old boy go into a congregation somewhere, and they want to be read in as Mr. and Mrs. to the new members of the congregation, the institution does not have to do that. Okay, So so that's kind of just gives you an idea how the institution says, well, we're okay with this, but all of these other people, you have to recognize that. And I'm really concerned. There's some stuff going through the Supreme Court right now about uh, uh, people that under right of conscience are saying, we, we just don't want to celebrate your marriage with you. And so we'd rather not. Well, it's being appealed through the, the Supreme Court again. Hopefully the Supreme Court will have a level of insanity and say, I mean, level of sanity and say, you know what? This is insanity. We're not going to say you've got to do that. But right now, the way the law says individuals can be held accountable in federal court and the, the United States um, Attorney General will help with the case of people that are claiming they've been discriminated against because their marriage is not celebrated by somebody in a state. I mean, this is just a real simple example, but you kind of get the idea that they've got some real big holes in this thing. And the honestly, Mike Lee put in a, uh, a proposed correction that would have helped keep religious liberty for individuals in there. It was rejected uh, out of hand and wholeheartedly by the Senate. It did not get over to the House. But the institutional protection made it through the Senate with the help of, I think there were 12 Republicans that helped get Mike Cloture, first of all, and then they put these amendments in there. So so people, you've been sold out. There's one of the little side notes, Sam, I, I'd like to mention just for, this is a prime example of what lame duck Congresses do. And so what happens between the election in November and the new House and Senate being seated in the beginning of January, we've got this two-month period where we're at real high risk. We've, we have people that have been tossed out on their ear or rear or however you want to put it that are still two months they're sitting there and they can vote flagrantly in violation of the things that their constituents always thought they stood for. But now the real them comes out because they're unaccountable. Okay, that's all horrid for two months. We used to have a longer one than that, but they got corrected. So anyway, just two months were at a really, really, really high risk. But here's the deal. Those that want to have like a 12-year, let's say, um, term limit thing. So senators can serve for two terms. Well, the first term, they're looking over their shoulder saying, how am I doing? How am I doing, constituents? You're going to put me in again? <laughs> they're just a little lap dog. Well, when they get elected the second time, they're six years a lame duck senator. And they could do, they could run off the rails and rampantly in violation of everything, and they don't have anybody to answer to. They got six more years. Now let's just say the that twelve-year thing gets put in. Well, the last two years, the congressmen are in there. They run rampant. We've already got that with the president. They can only serve two terms. When does the president usually run off the rails? Well, yeah, some presidents start right from the very beginning. 
But when they really get in trouble in international stuff, like they're going to go take, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to do this uh, international military adventurism, they do it in their second term because there's no accountability. These term limit things, the American founding fathers had uh, amazing experience with it because the term limits were in the Articles of Confederation, the first constitution. The founding fathers that met in, in May of 1787 knew about these term limits. They knew they were really a bad way to do things, and they left them out. And so now there's this, this uh, whole dynamic going on that's changing the foundational things that were, that were so beautifully woven into the tapestry of American government. The idea of sources of power. The House gets them from the people. The state got them before that stupid 17th Amendment got them. The, the states uh, were represented in the Senate by the senators. They had power. So the source of senators' power was the states. The president had a compound thing we could spend a lot of time on. The whole effort now is to put it all to the people. This idea of, of elections, they're trying to make everything controlled by the general government, federal government, national government, however people want to And you know to. what? We're too happy to let them. Well, we're too stupid to know that there was a reason for everything that was done. And, and so we do these things, and we're put at great risk. Okay, let's go back to the marriage thing. Okay, we're in a lame duck session right now. We got people that crossed over right now. If you know, you say, "Well, the Republicans, yeah, thirty-nine are of guys. them guys." You're not, you know, the Republicans aren't good guys. I got to tell you that, and be honest with you up front. So many of them are absolutely abject. Well, they'd wear a D anywhere else they were, except for in the state they had to well, wear an and R. Well, thirty-nine of them crossed elected. over to make it happen, but a lot of them feel the same way. They just knew they could safely pass the bill, but still vote no. Uh, so they could look good to their constituents, say they voted no, but yet they really would have voted yes. And if it wasn't this 39, it would have been easily another 39 or a different 39, if you will, uh, because they do that oftentimes, right? Absolutely. And and here's the deal. They count votes. Everybody's out there counting noses or votes or whatever, and they know, okay, I can safely do this now. It's going to pass. I want it to pass. But my constituency back home is thinking, oh, man, I'm watching this guy and this. So I can stay safe. Orrin Hatch did this all the time. Yeah, and they almost the take turns to that. I think they twist arms and they talk do. and discuss and say, listen, it's your turn to take the hit and vote yes on this one, buddy. And I know no uh, that it's not good for your constituents, but look, I'm voting no on this. Last time I had to vote yes on what I didn't want to. You're going to have to do the same thing, buddy. You know what? The good old boy network says your turn's up to do this. You're doing it this time. I'm not. And they even go so far as to have those detailed discussions. How do I know? Because I've sat in congressional offices where I've been told about the dealing that happens by people who say, look, I don't play those games, but I'm telling you, I hear this all day long in the hallways when they're working on these things. And, hey, that's why they delay. That's why they do this. That's why they do that. They want to be sure before it passes. They want to know who's with them and against them. They'll let you save face to your constituents enough to make sure that you can stay in office, but they won't let you cross the line too many times to, to change the game in America. So there's an incredible, unique, satanic balance that takes place with a lot of these people. Not all of them, but most of them. Doctor? Well, here's, here's another thing that happens, and, and it's they sell votes. You say, oh, I'd never sell my vote. Somebody came in and says, well, I'll buy you a beer or an ice cream cone or whatever if you'll, if you'll vote for me in, my, in the general election. It's like, the, the heck you say? No, my vote's sacred. But, but people do sell their votes because they get free cell phones or they get better food stamps or, 
or they get some other kind of or they uh, get added to a committee or they right well, no this is this is in your regular vote but in the senate or the house yes they do get added to a committee but i'll give you an example obama could never have gotten the 60 votes he needed to get his obamacare stuff through until they they said hey we're two votes short what do we do well the two most vulnerable at the time were from louisiana and nebraska so they went and said what do you guys need? Well, I said, well, my, well, let's wait. Let's wait until we get done. Uh, when we get back, we can talk about this for a moment or two longer, maybe. Roger that. They Liberty Roundtable Live. I'm Sam Bushman. I'm with Dr. Scott Bradley. His website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check out his incredible weekly webinars with Q&As on the Constitution and more. Check out his incredible collegiate series to preserve the nation. That is also his lifelong goal. Freedomsrisingsun.com. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. Long known as the boy in the box, he was barely four years old when he was found in a bassinet box in rural northeast Philadelphia. That took place in February of 1957. He was identified Thursday by Philly Police Commissioner Daniel Outlaw as Joseph Augustus Zarelli. When people think about the boy in the box, a profound sadness is felt, not just because a child was murdered, but because his entire identity and his rightful claim to own his existence was taken away. Arizona Senator Kirsten Sinema is changing her party affiliation to independent. The senator says she wanted to do it to get away from all the partisanship that has taken over Washington, D.C. politics. Brittany Griner is back on U.S. soil. Her plane landed in San Antonio, Texas, early Friday morning, as she is now in a hospital being evaluated. This is procedure after an American is released from a foreign entity. Chad Wolf is the former acting DHS secretary under President Trump on Fox and says the United States should not be celebrating as we left a Marine behind in Russia. Again, I think the majority of Americans kind of shake their head and say, that's not what's important here. What's important is she was a U.S. citizen. Uh, she should not have been in a Russian prison for uh, 30, uh, 300 days. It's good to have her back, uh, but we also need to bring the other Americans back. A very Backstreet holiday. The Backstreet Boys Christmas special, filmed this month in Los Angeles, California, will no longer air on ABC. Allegations arose this week that band member Nick Carter raped a 17-year-old mentally challenged girl during the band's 2001 tour. On Thursday, 39-year-old Sharon Ruth filed a sexual battery lawsuit accusing the singer and infecting her with an STD. Thanks for listening and a TGIF to you, my friend. USA Radio News. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Mike Kappel here, serial entrepreneur. Let's make sure your current payroll provider isn't overcharging you, shall we? First, go to your payroll provider's website to see what you're currently paying. Oh, what's that? You can't clearly see your pricing because your vendor is running a temporary sale or making you call for a free quote? <laughs> That's unfortunate. If you go to PatriotSoftware.com, you will instantly see our payroll pricing for companies with 1 to 100 employees. Well, there you go. At least now you know what you should be paying for payroll. Go to PatriotSoftware.com. Use promo code RADIO and get two months of payroll processing free. 
That's PatriotSoftware.com. With PatriotSoftware.com, accounting and payroll, keep your time and money. Yeah, Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman on your radio. We're talking about the disrespect for marriage act, ladies and gentlemen. We mentioned that votes are oftentimes for sale, maybe not as blatant as it sounds, but they trade for all kind of things like increased power in the Senate, increased power in the House will put you on this uh, influential committee. You'll, you know, you'll end up with this and that. And over time, you got that plus your seniority and you become a very powerful person. See, uh, and they play these games and lie, and then they pretend their votes are sacred. And uh, But the bottom line is they're selling us down the river, folks. This Disrespect for Marriage Act is uh, top dollar case and point. Uh, I submit to you as well, though, this is going to open the gate to all kinds of perverted marriage. Because, look, if you're not a man and you're not a woman and you're transgender, whatever you are, and, and, you know, there's, I don't know, a hundred and something now different terms they're using for different I don't know what you call it, fluidity on the spectrum or whatever they call it for male and female. But pretty soon it's going to be like, why can't three people get married? Why can't five people? Why can't we just have kind of a, you know, and and where is this going to take us with regards to child bride marriages and so on and so forth? Where is this going to end up? And I submit to you that it's the opening of the floodgates, doctor. Well, here's the deal. I know I'm always making a deal, right? Here's the deal. They crossed over the line constitutionally when they said the general government was taking control of this, which they're doing all over the place, and I understand that. And it's wrong in every instance, not just this one. But they crossed the line when they said they're going to pass legislation in an area they have no delegated authority. So they say, for right now, what we'll do is we'll protect the institutions and we'll get them behind us, and, and we'll say two individuals and oh this will be so sweet because that now they now they have set a precedent that says okay we have authority in this area no future legislature can be bound by the acts of a previous legislature which is good in this instance it could be it could be repealed instantly but listen even this legislature this lame duck legislature could say next week if they felt like they had the votes, we're taking out that institutional protection and we're taking out that two individual thing, okay? And and now it's across the board. Institutions have to read in uh, child bride things into their congregations because they're no longer protected like we talked about. So it's not just the hotel that gets that gets offended by this thing. So so the deal is they have they have seized the reins of power in this and they have set the precedents and nobody's going to say the heck you say unless something in the supreme court comes up and says the heck you say nope, not going to happen they, either because they will count no, out not. of the legislation on this well now. here's the deal They've so it's even worse well. than it's even roe versus wade worse than that because roe versus wade never was codified by legislation this will be even harder to undo that's exactly right and so so here we have uh it's just creeping Creepiness. I don't know what you want to call it. The uh, the fact is that they have said we can take it this far today, because that's where the pushback starts. And tomorrow, the next day, next Congress, whatever they want to do it at some future date, they say, well, 
we have authority to do what we want in marriage because of this precedent. And, Are and you ready for honestly, where it's going, doctor? Write this down. Remember who told you first. Here is it. Here it is. You know, you got your 501c3 church in jeopardy because you're speaking out on political issues. Mm-hmm. You know, the Congress, the lawmakers in the land have sent forth an edict. That is, you will respect perverted marriage. Churches, you want to keep your 501c3, right? Well, you don't want to be political, do you? See, I mean, come your on. idea on marriage is setting forth this whacked out moral code that you guys cling to um, per death. And, you know, the Congress has told you that we're doing marriages. And so what I'm telling you is eventually that brick will fall, so to speak. In other words, you can hold out for so long, but eventually your 501c3 status will be in jeopardy over these issues. I know it's not now. They act like they're respecting you now. But in time, that's where the push will be. It uh, truly will be. And here's the deal. that There was a Johnson amendment that went in back in, I think it was 1954. LBJ, this paragon of integrity and uh, fidelity and everything else. And, of course, everybody should know that my tongue's in my cheek so bad I can't talk anymore. But at any rate, so back then they decided this 501c3 thing should have leverage on the way churches do things. I got a newsflash for everybody. You don't have to be a 501c3 to be a church. You look at the First Amendment, it is constitutionally embedded, and those that have taken the carrot of that to be able to have some perceived value for their institution. And I honestly, the any value that you might be seeing from that has long since evaporated. There are people say, oh, well, if, ah, boy, if you don't have that, uh, I can't But well, what they do is divide donations. and conquer, though. So they create a special sure group do. called a 501c3. And now when you're in that group, you get special protection. But eventually your special protection list will be replaced with a special abuse list. And, and that's and what happens when you be... divide and conquer. That's what happens Again, when you create lists of do's and don'ts that are not based at, grounded in law and constitution. They're just at the whim of the bureaucrats in power at the time, right? Well, we've talked before on your show about the man for all seasons and the discussion with Roper and cutting down all the laws. And when the devil comes after you and all the laws are cut down, all these protections, these windbreaks, if you will, to the devil coming through like a hurricane, we're cutting them down a piece at a time. And we're walking away from being the freest, most happy, most prosperous, most respected nation on earth. We're walking away from that. In just and, and now there's no semblance of even slowing it down. And, and our senators and congressmen and Utah's congressmen were very much in the forefront of the acceptance of this Respect for Marriage Act because the principal religion in Utah said, it's okay, guys, we support this. Well, people don't seem to remember or understand that the foundational principle of religious liberty, it's an individual God-given right. Individuals can band together and form churches that have the same belief system as them. And right now, we're winking and nodding and saying, well, yeah, churches can do whatever they darn well please. And and churches have a kind of a, they're, they just, they have an individual right to exist. Well, if you cut all of the individual rights out of there that are God's from the beginning, Ultimately and finally, church's foundation is going to be cut out from underneath them. And that's the problem, is that 
that we are foolishly, again, I tell you a lot of times, Sam, uh, the connect, we're not a connect the dots people. You know, we used to be able to say, you know, number one goes to number two, goes to number three, goes to number four, we get a big picture ultimately. We can't do that. We don't seem to be able to do that. We ha don't have the cognitive ability to say, if this, then that. And ultimately and finally, it will result in this. And people will say, oh, you're just a worry work, Bradley. You just constantly are, are just up in a turmoil about how bad things are. They're not so bad. They end up being that bad. You've got to be able to see where the path is going. And, and you, you can't just take these, these tiny little steps to destruction and not know they're going to not ultimately end up in a huge disaster. What can go wrong with this? Almost everything. And the churches, the institutions. I don't mean to laugh. I'm just saying this is just—it's insane how we think that there's not going to be repercussions for this. That we think that it's all right. That we're just unifying. Okay, this is not unifying, ladies and gentlemen. This will be one of the greatest divides this nation has ever known and ever created. When you're talking about marriage, you're talking about the fundamental unit of society, family. You're talking about God-ordained marriages, and when you destroy that now, you have literally destroyed the family in the wake of this, Dr. Bradley. This isn't something where you can go, it's okay, it's just a matter of opinion. You will absolutely destroy the family because you're going to have uh, same-sex marriage, which they can't produce children. You're going to have uh, these, I don't know what you want to call them, polyandrous kind of ma whatever marriages where men and women and kids and who knows, whoever is married, and you're going to have children where unless you do a dna test you don't have any idea who the father or the mother really is well the mother you might but not really um you know who the mother is uh maybe at the hospital but if they start having babies at home we're pretty sure you don't even know who the mother and the father is of any baby uh, and where do we go when this um you know god is a god of order satan is the master of confusion uh and we're literally doubling down in confusion uh, for God ordained, God's ordained fundamental unit of society. That's where we are, Doctor. You can't make this stuff up, but that's really where we are. Well, you wish somebody was making it up and you were going to wake up from this bad dream. But, Amen you know, to that. We've talked many times on your show about where, you know, the founding fathers saw the order in the universe. I mean, the guys in the Renaissance did, you know, the, with telescopes and microscopes and everything. They started to look for a good society-based thing based upon how God would have it in society. Maybe when you come back, we can say something about how... Let's just go uh, ahead and skip the break and let Dr. Bradley keep rolling. Go ahead, sir. <laughs> well, we skip a lot of your breaks, but the fact of the matter is this thing is foundational to our nation. When the American founding fathers, even those before them, the, the John Locks and the Blackstones and the Montesquieu's and those guys, they they saw order in the universe, and they, they quoted scripture to show how the this was found in the holy book, if you will. And, and these were the ideas of individual God-given rights formulated in the minds of the American founding fathers. They wrote the founding documents based upon the evidence found in God's word to man, found in the Holy Bible. And, and that was foundational to the United States. Well, Blackstone, uh, who was the most recent uh, mentor of the American Founding Fathers in what he wrote, the com his commentaries. In Volume 1, he speaks extensively about how God's law is universally applied and must be done so all over the world, and our law must conform to that, or is, it is of no validity.
And, and so all of this stuff, this whole chain of events that happened, you know, be, you know, kind of it was renewed in a renaissance, an awakening time, and I think this was known anciently among some societies, and it was applied in their governance also. I mean, you know, the, you look at the Bible and the, even the Ten Commandments, the most basic of all societal rules were found, you know, a couple of thousand years almost, not quite, before Christ. And and I believe they ex pre-existed that, you know, back in Adam and Eve when they dealt with God. I think that God expressed to them, hey, this is how you do business. At any rate, this has been foundational to the stability of society. And and when the founding fathers, they, they were looking for the general welfare of the people, that was stable and predictable government. It had nothing to do with redistributing wealth. Welfare did not have anything to do with that in their, under their definition. It was stable and predictable. So government was there, and government was founded upon God's law. And so a stable, predictable society was what we could predict out of that, okay? People could start families. They could start their business or their farm. They knew justice was going to be available. They knew the economy was not going to be screwed up by a false uh, economic system like the Federal Reserve and all of these things that are happening right now with with uh, fiat everything declared by government and suddenly it's law. No, it's not. There's a there's a rhythm to how things have been set up and we are disrupting that right now at every turn. And and I know we're talking about the respect for marriage nonsense that they've just pulled off and and uh, will become the law of the land falsely. But but we do this in every single thing. We pillage and plunder our neighbors based upon our interest in how we might tweak or pull the govern the levers of government and it's it's just one of those things where the stability and the predictability is is being lost but there's a way back it's so simple it's so straightforward and it's it's something that if we're willing to think with cognitive reasoning connect the dots we can find our way back and it wouldn't take all that many of us to do it but when you've got churches that are actually cutting the guts out of what they will ultimately, they'll come to regret this. And, and it's like they gave away, we've talked about this before too, they gave away what was not theirs to give away. They were Chamberlain in Munich giving to Hitler something that wasn't his to give. Oh, yeah, you can take Czechoslovakia. Yeah. Czechoslovakia wasn't at the table. They didn't say, we choose to be taken, gobbled up by Hitler. No. Chamberlain said, ah, you, you guys take, you guys take Ch uh, Czechoslovakia. I've won peace in our time. Hitler's going to be satisfied with that hors d'oeuvre we just threw to him. No. Hitler used it as a precursor to his meal. But that's exactly what's happening. With, with everything that we're doing, not just re religious liberty, but, but we're denying the very foundation of our existence with these things. And Americans just need to start to recognize we're the last great hope. Every There's other no question about it, ladies and gentlemen. That's why we've got to stand for what matters most. That is we've got to God. repeal this. That's all there is to it. That is God, family, and country. I agree, but I don't think we stand the chance to get that done unless we decide we're going to elect real patriots, real people who understand, people who obey the Constitution, people who reverence God, family, and country. I don't think it's going to happen. <clears throat> All right. 
We even voted for a dead Democrat this midterm. Did you hear about that? Oh, I didn't. Tell me about dead it. Democrat I mean, wins. <clears throat> dead Democrat wins the race in Pennsylvania. His name is Anthony Tony DeLuca, and he was the state's longest-serving state's representative. He was uh, in there for 39 years, but he died, they say, last month, so <clears throat> right before the election. And I guess it was... Um, he died right before the election, but after... There's a rule, I guess, that you can't modify the take ballot or change name. the ballot yeah, after a yeah. certain time. You can't take somebody's name off. And so they voted, and he won. So we got well, dead no, people is, We got dead uh, people voting for dead candidates now. That's exactly right, Sam. We have had dead people voting for so many years. It just was only a matter of time before dead people got elected. I mean, it's, it's just predictable. You know, holy cow. And, and I bring that up, though, because, folks, on one hand, you would say, <clears throat> well, that's just there's no election fraud there. But the question is, is there, Dr. Bradley? Because if they vote for a dead person, that person wins. Then what do they do? It's not the voting for the dead person necessarily that commits any fraud. It's the rule that, you know, you can't change the ballot. What they need to do is change that law with unique uh, circumstances, such as a dead person. But it's what they do after that. Who gets that position, right? Well, in my, which my guess the, is the fraud is is commenced. In my opinion, go ahead. Well, my, and and I don't know Pennsylvania's constitution. I mean, sorry. I mean, but at any rate, you might well imagine that. But the fact is that there's there's possibly a constitutional, or this is even more egregious, a party response to that now here's what happens in utah well unless it's a senator that needs to be appointed by the governor or whatever but but usually what happens in utah let's say somebody can't fulfill their term and obviously this guy's not going to be able to unless somebody figures out a way to take the vote from the hereafter i wasn't going to say he's in heaven or not but at any rate what normally happens is the party that controls the uh you know, the, the victory. So if, the, if this guy was a Democrat, the Democrat Party, probably based on the jurisdiction that's involved in it, let's say it's a, a county councilman or, a, a you know, a, a legislator that represents a certain jurisdiction that's in one county or whatever, the county Democrat uh, Party would probably meet as their, um, at their central committee, and they would put forth some names that were then selected by, say, the state chair or something like that. I mean, it's it's different in many different jurisdictions, but that's probably what's going to happen is the party that the individual was that is dead will probably get to select, and, and this is not an across-the-board statement, but it, it shows how normally these things happen. And, and honestly, I'll just give an example. In Utah, a very, very, very hmm, hurtful uh, state legislator that um, has done so much damage in seeking constitution convention for the for the whole nation uh, left office they he hand selected i believe who his replacement would be that replacement was ratified by the republican party and got into the office when that guy left office this previous guy was reanointed coronated i don't know what you want to call him place back in the office. So the parties play a lot bigger role in this thing than than would seem appropriate since we Well, and when before. the parties do that, 
Dr. Bradley, parties are not government. They're they're not. They're private, private organizations or organizations. Right. Okay, they don't have any right to dictate who goes in power if this or that. That's why it's election fraud. It is. Nobody can tell me it's not. When you vote for a dead guy, because by law you can't change the ballot, the dead, the dead guy wins. Um, then they know full well that a the partisan politics we're going to put somebody in there. Then later they become the incumbent. Or whatever else you've committed election fraud because why do why does this special party or special organization this private group have more authority than me and you and our group for instance answer well, let's, government's manipulated it it's election fraud it, it is and here's the deal now let's just suppose a worst case scenario and I get, I'll use mafia terminology let's say people know Guido could never that. get elected into the office but his brother Tony could okay and so Tony, or no, he probably isn't his brother. He's, he's somebody that's yeah, in the You're going to like Tony. You're going to like Well, like Tony gets elected, <clears throat> but the mob takes him out, and then Guido gets put in. See, see these kind of manipulations, they happen in politics. Hey, Guido's always People been better die. than Tony. Tony's a good guy, <laughs> but he's derelict in his duties. We well, have Tony's like dead Guido. now. Yeah. Tony's dead now, so we That's put what happens Guido when you're in. derelict in your duties there, Scott. Yeah. See, well, anyway. It's just insane. And we've turned the whole government into a mafia is what we've done. They're running roughshod over the fundamental unit of society, the family. They're literally putting in people, and then they say, when I say it's vote fraud, they're like, without evidence, he claims that's vote fraud. Well, if you don't discuss the reality, what do you mean without evidence? How does that private group get more authority than the NAACP or the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association? Answer? Well, by fraud. Yeah, they're just, they have assumed the reins of government and everything is to protect the party system. And, yeah. and they manipulate that system in their favor. That's, that's really a sad and tragic. But the founders warned us against that. Amen. But we don't care, or we don't pay attention to that, that's for sure, as a society. It's a sad day, tale to tell. All right, I want to end on this topic. It's another completely different topic, if you will. <clears throat> All right, here it is. WNBA star Brittany Griner was released in exchange for notorious arms dealer Victor Bout, also known as the Merchant of Death. He's an international terrorist. He's an international arms dealer as well. Uh, so I don't really want to talk about, you know, Brittany necessarily. Uh, but what are we doing making a deal um, for this NBA, uh, woman's NBA star, uh, but yet we trade for this well-known terrorist merchant of death guy? What has Joe done, doctor? Well, I wished we could talk longer about this thing. I mean, we left Paul Whelan behind, and, and uh, he's a former Marine that was in in uh, corporate security and all that kind of stuff, and I don't know why he was there, and I don't even know if he was a, a spy for the U.S. or not. I mean, let's just assume for a moment he was a spy. Well, he's one of our own. He was doing a duty to kind of protect. I mean, we're going to say, okay, this is somebody. He's in the service still, if you will. If he was he was working for us to protect our national sovereignty or protect us from violence, whatever, and we bring home a basketball player, I mean, and and then let's not get into character on this thing, but the fact of the matter is, if we we trade, as you point out, a merchant of death, for a basketball player, oh well, she was held, kind of, uh, 
it shouldn't have never been done. And maybe not, but oh, maybe so. Maybe but she took drugs into the, their country. Don't do that, by the way. If I agree, don't do that. But I would also Miramai. agree, though, that I would I would ship her back to America and say, you know what, or whatever. Uh, but to me, this is just disaster, though, Doctor. This is disaster, is. the message that it sends to the military, sir. It is. It, it's, it says that... You if, sign up for the military, and we're likely to leave you behind. We will leave you behind, and we're also going to put a guy out there next week sometime. I don't know. They may be debriefing. He'll be out there peddling firearms, maybe... Claymore mines, maybe artillery, maybe tanks. I don't know what he's selling, but the fact is they could be used against your son in Somalia or West Africa or wherever yeah, he's been. Who knows the next, the next the next We're next in hundred and thirty plus already, right? Right. But the fact of the matter is, uh this thing is so upside down and backwards, it shows the standard of Biden. I mean, you know, the idea of leave no one behind, it never occurred to him. It never just, occurred it's, to it's him. It's a disgrace, ladies and gentlemen. I'll tell you this. This will haunt this administration uh, forever. It should. Hey, doctor, can you stay knows? with me second hour, or do you got to fly? Um, Because yeah, i got a great uh, interview I'm, I'm next hour. I'm looking at my calendar. I can, I, if you don't have anybody, I'll hang around. And no, we'll, I have somebody, I but I want you to park. interview this person with me. You know who I have? No. Nan Sue, investigative reporter and senior Asia correspondent for the Epic Times. She's going to come on and talk about China's reversal on COVID. They locked everybody down, had a big old meltdown. Everybody went crazy. Everybody protested. And now they're supposedly letting uh, backing off. Uh, she's going to talk about that, plus the uh, 80 million killed in the communist nation. Uh, and well, we're, we're going to break that help, down with her. Help me get smarter. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. I, I, I'm going to listen, but here's... Here's the deal. I mean, China. No, you're going to help me interview her. Rights. Well, you're human rights in China either. are in the toilet, and and uh, everybody. I mean, the NBA included bows down to him. Well, so Nancy's going to double I, down I and talk know. about it with us. No, you'll help me talk to her. It'll be great. Stay there, Doctor Bradley, Sam Bushman, Nansu coming up. Epic times, but we're going to dig in as we always do on the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. You want to get an incredible, incredible curriculum to help you understand the supreme law of our land freedomsrisingsun.com the curriculum is called to preserve the nation it's incredible it's developed by the good doctor dr scott bradley you can also check out his weekly webinars q a's on the constitution and a whole lot more education on every subject under the sun freedomsrisingsun.com i'm sam bushman and for dr scott bradley we declare this nation shall endure God save the Republic of the United States of America. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for December the 9th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our two of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, 
to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the supreme law for the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. We're also convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers, one of the peaceful solutions we still have at our fingertips. As you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, we also know that it's a freedom-loving, fantastic, faith-filled. We're taking America back, one heart, one mind, one issue at a time, Friday. Dr. Scott Bradley was with me last hour. He's here with me again. And we have an incredible guest today, Nan Sue, is with us. And he's an investigative reporter. He's a senior Asia correspondent for TheEpicTimes.com, one of my favorite newspapers these days. Uh, welcome, uh, Mr. Sue. Hi. Good morning, Sam. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Dr. Scott Bradley, welcome, sir. Well, thank you very much. And, and, and this is an opportunity for me. Uh, this is maybe extraneous to whatever you want to take it, and I'll just take a moment. But with Nansu here, I've got a, uh, an opportunity to ask a question I've always wanted to ask. I've got a son that, that uh, until at least he got a severe brain injury, he spoke Mandarin. But I don't know what the protocol is. Do we call you Mr. Sue or is Nan the more appropriate way? How would you prefer to be referred to? Let's ask it that way, I guess. Oh, yeah, just call me Nan. Okay. I, uh, is that normal with the way when, uh, when uh, names from China are repeated? Is, is, do you usually just go with the first name and or what would be perceived by us as a first namer is is that the way that most would prefer to have themselves referred to? Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, this is American way. Uh, people okay. call uh, are called by the first name, but in China, in Chinese, they will call your last name first. So in China, China, they people will call me Su Nan instead of instead of Nan Su. Uh, really? So uh, call me Nan. <laughs> I already got used but to that's it. But that's, that's why I'm confused. <laughs> I mean, and my, my son had his brain injury before he could completely explain this to me. Anyway, sorry, Sam. You know me. No. I'm always on a tangent. It, you know, it's <laughs> all right. Tangent doctor is with us, ladies and gentlemen. But listen, <laughs> that's really educational, though, because I didn't know that. Sunan is the way they would say it in China. But right. you want to be referred to as the American way, right? Yeah, just call me Nan, yes. All right. I like that for starters. Now, there's so many topics to discuss. We're having you on really right this minute, and I want to cover a, a wide range of topics if we if we get to it. But you're going to explain the latest moves by the CCP, the Communist Chinese Party, Chinese Communist Party. Tell me, uh, they locked everybody down. There was massive protests, all this stuff. It almost reminded you of Tiananmen Square, kind of an idea. Um, it was bad, but now they've kind of backed off a lot, right? What's what's going on, sir? Yeah, they they actually uh, uh, back off from the zero COVID policy. Um, now, actually, at the end of uh, starting from the end of uh, September, uh, all the way to you know a couple of weeks ago, the protest, uh, the the state-owned media already start discussion about uh, to loosen up the uh, zero COVID policy. Uh, now, but however, they couldn't do it soon enough because uh, November 24th, there was a, there was a, a fire uh, uh, that's in Xinjiang, Wurmuchi, that's the uh, capital of the 
uh, Uyghur's autonomous region. You know, it's a high high rise um, apartment building. The fire started from the 17th floor to uh, all the way all the way went up to the 21st floor, and you know, and, the, and also the official report from the authority basically said 10 people die, 18 injured, but quickly uh, the private citizens put out uh, uh, tweets, basically said it was like a 30 to 40 people die and close to 300 people injured. And the so reason- typical, of the, typical of the Communist Chinese Party, they minimized the numbers, they tried to pretend it was no big deal. Uh, but you know what, uh, the word's getting out though, as, as the internet takes flight and everything else, it's almost impossible to keep it under wraps like yesteryear, huh? Uh, that was correct. And also, very importantly, the reason, you know, there was so much damage and so so many life losses because they locked down the fire escape exit. And also, after the, you know, private citizens sent out, uh, sent out the tweets uh, uh, to expose the, the facts, the people, all these people got arrested. So that's why the you know all the protests started uh, all, all you know in many many cities it's like about 20 cities and also like more than 20 universities a lot of students took to the street and it was you know, students is leading the the front of the protest but however you know most of the people um, over there just uh, uh, expressing their anger towards the policy but. But there are, you know, a lot of young uh, students took to the street and calling the CCP to step down, Xi Jinping to step down. So that's why they back off from the, uh, the zero COVID policy now. So right now they, you know, it's just like a, I think just two days ago they, the government issued a, a new regulation about the COVID. They're still doing the lockdown, first of all, but. But what they say is, number one, there, there wouldn't be any large-scale lockdown. The lockdown will be per building. Basically, you have one guy testing positive. They will lock down the building instead of lock down the whole community and the city. And number two, they say uh, they, if they, they're not, they're lo- no longer require the large-scale COVID test. Usually, they require the whole city of people. I mean, every day, uh, some of the region every day, and some of the region like two or three times a, a week to do the COVID test. So that's that's the number two. So they say, well, no, no, no longer require that. And number three, uh, they said um, uh, that if you your test positive, you can just stay home for quarantine you, you you don't you're not going to be sent to the quarantine center for that and there's a, a few others including specifically you cannot lock down the fire escape of the building i mean this is common sense that, and they just stand out and basically clearly stated you know whatever they did before i mean they really locked down the building that's why people couldn't get out during the fire so what does this mean going forward then? Uh, in other words, there's several stories related to this. Uh, you're talking about the latest moves by the CCP or to lie, uh, and the citizens are getting around that with the Internet and being able to tell the truth. The word's getting out. 
but there's also uh, two other topics that directly relate that I want to get your take on. Human rights organization Safeguard uh, Defenders reveals that there's now 48 more secret Chinese police stations worldwide, making the total 102. How do these police stations relate to any of this? Is the Communist Chinese Party just going to um, go ahead and escalate these things? Okay. Uh, now, first of all, let me finish the, the COVID story, the protest story. Okay. Right now, what the government, uh, the Chinese regime, trying, go, trying to go after uh, those people really during the protest, the fight for political freedom. It's those people uh, calling you, uh, CCP step down, Xi Jinping step down. Those are the people they are going after. So for the people, they, for the people just there, you know, really protest against the, the zero COVID policy, they probably just let them go. So this is what their approach, uh, you know, trying to deal with all these protesters. Now go back to the um, the overseas. Hold, uh, hold on, before you go back to that. Yes. So the authorities yes. in China are literally using the country's all-seeing surveillance apparatus to find those who boldly defy them over this, right? That it's correct. There's uh, right now so far, you know, there have been reports for the, you know, about those people. Uh, protest of political systems like ask for freedom of speech, ask for democracy, uh, ask, uh, you know, calling CCB step down. You know, there, there are reports now those people missing. You know, their whereabouts, nobody knows. So, they, you know, people guessing they are, they are already arrested. Sam, uh, uh, Dan, before is... we go on, where do we, where do we go with this, though? That's internal. And then I've asked about external issues, which we'll get to in a minute. But where does this put us, though? Are they going to be able to shut this down, or are the freedom fighters in China going to be able to push and, and open things up? What direction are we headed? Most Americans believe that, you know, hey, China, China has become a lot more peaceful. Many people were scared of China, but then with the trade going on, they've gone to China, and they're like, hey, it isn't America, but it's not as bad as people think. Hey, more freedom is coming to China. What's the truth? Well, the truth is, uh, you know, uh, China, a Chinese government, it's never going to get any political reform done. You know, they're not going to be become a more democratic country, and they, uh, you know, uh, under the rule of CCP, you're not going to, you're never going to see China become a part of a democratic world. All right, can you guys skip the break, Nan? Go ahead and continue, sir. Okay, so. Uh, now, go, uh, are, are we going to talk about the overseas issues, or are we still going to the, uh, oh, the discussion? I, I just asked about that because I think it, it relates in terms of their point that, you know what, China is not going to relent. They're not going to move more democratic. They're not going to uh, have political reform. They're not going to do it. And so internally now we're seeing people missing. We're seeing this all-seeing apparatus of the Internet being used by the deep state and by China uh, to go ahead and control people who went. Uh, covered their faces, did all kind of things, thought they wouldn't get caught, but they used their cell phone technology uh, to discover their whereabouts and come and intimidate them. The intimidation is running rampant in in, in China. So I want to continue with the internal a little bit, but then I want to eventually talk about the external all-reaching arm of the Chinese government worldwide. We'll get to that in a second, but Dr. Bradley? Well, boy, there's so many things. Uh, again, Nan, I appreciate so much your honest assessment of what's going on there. And I believe that 
more Americans need to hear this. There is not a shift for liberty going on in China. I've, I've been engaged in, you know, these uh, liberty issues for many decades now, and I remember very well the Tiananmen Square. Uh, I, I was afterward able to meet with some of those that had been involved in that and the horrific response that the government gave, and they've tried to, you know, kind of soften that appearance to the world, you know, it's, oh, there was just a few people that got bruises and scrapes, you know, it was it was overwhelmingly draconian, and it was horrific, and the people, the slaughter that was involved in those kind of things. <clears throat> well, China is the same China, and and I speak with people that all the time. Sam alluded to the fact that people are starting to say, oh, well, China's softening. China really kind of likes this this thing about liberty a little bit better. Well, what it sounds to me like what you're saying is that these people that were saying, oh, COVID, COVID, are kind of getting a pass on this thing right now. But those that were looking for a shift in policy that would have opened up more liberty in China are the ones that are going to have the big hammer come down on their head. And they're the ones that are going to end up missing and so on. The Tenement Square thing might end up happening behind closed doors, if you will, not out in the middle of a big public square. But it sounds to me like what's being said is that uh, that the, the, the dragon's going to win on this one, too, and um, that liberty is not uh, gaining a toehold in China. And I wish people could understand that. We're dealing with the same cutthroat um, organization that has always been there. They care not a whit about their people. They weld their doors shut. They couldn't get out in the fire. How horrific is that? And uh, they don't care a bit. They're completely, completely in control, and they will be in control. But to shift this maybe a little towards the international scene and the outside of China thing, Sam mentioned that they, they track these people via their cell phones. This tracking technology is something that's available in other countries. Someone leaves China and comes here, their police agencies can track them still or knows about them. But what about us? And, and we'll get to that international issue in just a second about the international reach of China, doctor. But go ahead. Well, uh, it's going to apply to Americans. I mean, think about what our governor did in our home state when we had these COVID lockdown things and everybody was supposed to get a broadcast when they landed in their plane in Salt Lake City, Utah. And their cell phones turned back on again. They were getting this thing. Here are the draconian measures that Utah is taking. Okay, it wasn't quite ready for prime time in the spring of 2020. This stuff is being honed. The technology to track anybody and everybody. And this 5G nonsense that's going on, all of those kinds of things are, are going to be used to our detriment sometime. And we are basically, we're... Putting the knot in our own hangman's noose is what we're doing with this. And I think what we're seeing happening in China is, is it's just the precursor to what the rest of us are going to experience when they really do decide to put the big hammer down. So maybe Nan can talk to some of those things because, uh, like I say, my interest in China goes back even well beyond uh, 1989. But, but having met with some of those that were there at Tiananmen Square, uh, this this is something that Americans don't know how brutal it can get. I don't know. Maybe Nan? you have something to say about that, Nan. 
Okay, uh, I, I will break down your question to two parts. Number part, number one, uh, why you know China didn't have that political reform? Uh, you know, people going. Uh, we're going to talk about that first, and then we'll talk about the, the digital control. That's the second part. Now let's talk about the first part. Now uh, a lot of Americans who went to China in the past a couple of decades, they went there. They saw these all these skyscrapers. People, you know. Uh, start doing business, and you know, people start getting uh, richer and richer. They thought, you know, we have a change in China, but they, they, that's why that's why they totally, you know, there was a one reason they they didn't, you know, uh, realize the, that's the main reason that China has not been changed. Now, you will only understand that if you actually live in China. Okay, if you live in China, you're going to you, you only live there. You understand the very tight press control. It's really the press control and internet censorship. They will censor all the messages, news, stories against the government. And the brainwashing machine is like operating 365 days a year, and every day. Ever since you are kindergarten, you in the preschool, every day you're going to be brainwashed, and you know government will tell you it is because the strong leadership of the Communist Party that make all the economic miracle that happened in China. So most of people are brainwashed. Think about this. You know, you know, we think we sending our job, industries, technologies, investments, and we give China our consumer market. We change China. But over there, people are brainwashed. You know, if Chinese Communist Party is the only reason for these economic miracles, there wouldn't there wouldn't be a need for change, right? So this is the totally different picture in the eyes of Westerners and in the eyes of Chinese people because the brainwash and very tight press control. That's number one. That's why you know there's a huge discrepancy between how you know people in the West expecting what's going to happen in China to join a democratic war. We have that rosy picture, but while in China, it's not happening. Number two, let's go back. Go to talk about the uh, the digital control part. You know, China. You know, they they every technology they, they took us, uh, from us. Now think about this. Back in 2000, when Bill Clinton, you know, was talking about, you know, uh, joining WTO will help China to become more democratic. Uh, I remember clearly Clinton said one thing. He said, hey, good luck to control the freedom of speech in the, uh, in the age of Internet. Well, this is what happened. They, have, they, they use all the technology. They totally turn things around. And it become a much tighter control for the regime. I mean, they right now they link everybody and everybody's social credit score. You know, everyone if you criticize your government, you know, you're going to have a very very poor social credit score. Right? They will link that with a facial recognition program. And the facial recognition program basically they they record everybody's face. Right, you know, they have this device that's like a sunglass, uh, whereby 
police officer, they wear this uh, sunglass standing at the corner of the street, and the sunglass is actually an electronic device. And it will recognize your face and then uh, connect to a handheld computer. He's standing there, you know, look at you. It's actually the sunglass looking at you. And then three seconds, your social credit score will show up on his handheld computer, right? So they link your social credit score with your health code. I mean, uh, you have a red or green and yellow, three layers of different health code, which indicate if you're positive uh, in COVID test or if you're in contact with someone positive. And then they link that with your bank account. You know, they know how each of each penny of your money are spent. And then, also importantly, they link to your cell phone. Think about this. Everyone is carrying cell phone around these days. I mean, if you are with someone, right, they will immediately who you are with. That's how scary it is. I mean, that's how they control the COVID. See, if, if you are, you know, uh, you test positive, then your health code turn red. And immediately, their computer program will identify the people in contact with you in the last few days. And then those people, everyone in contact with you, all their health code will turn yellow because it's showing that you are in contact with someone positive. And so now, this is just for the COVID control, but you know, if you are someone, you criticize the government, you know, you are meeting with someone, you are in, meeting, in, meet, in a meeting with or assembly, you know, everyone will be immediately identified by the government because they linked your social credit score and they linked your cell phone. They know, you know, where you are and who you are with, and they will watch your bank to see if, you know, if you spend any money really, you know, in the way the government don't like. They will, they will freeze your bank account immediately. So, so this, this is what's happening uh, in China, and a lot of people do not understand. Uh, when China is talking about the digital currency, a lot of Americans think, oh, China is going to go after, uh, going to promote a, a, like a Bitcoin, something like that. But that's not true. <laughs> they don't want a Bitcoin, right? They don't, Bitcoins, it doesn't listen to government, right? They want a digital financial system that will actually tie your bank account with your social credit score and with your cell phone. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about how China uses big data to create this social credit score. And basically, the way it works is anything that you do that the government perceives as wrong thinking, wrong behavior, your score goes down. Anything the government thinks engenders the communist Chinese party, then your score goes up. Uh, is that a fair statement, Nan? <laughs> yeah, if you appraise the government, <laughs> your, your social score, credit score will be normal, right? Uh, yeah, you, just, that's the way it is. So, but you, if you do something, you know, if you go to, you know, you go to stores and do a shoplifting, uh, you probably your social score, credit score, will go down a little bit, but not as much as if you criticize the government. Okay, there so, you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, we got a break coming up. I don't want to blow you off. I, I want to go straight to your question after the break, Doctor Bradley. Okay, good. Nan, because it's coming. Nan Sue is with us, ladies and gentlemen. 
investigative reporter and senior Asia correspondent for TheEpicTimes.com with us. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. As most Americans believe the Keystone Pipeline is not operational, a leak has been discovered that has released tens of thousands of gallons of energy into the local environment. Katie Lewis from our Midwest Bureau explains. An oil leak discovered in northern Kansas has caused the Keystone Pipeline to be shut down. TC Energy in Calgary says there's been a confirmed release of oil in a creek near the Kansas-Nebraska border and that an estimated 14,000 barrels had been discharged as of late Thursday. No timetable has been given for restarting the pipeline. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis. Mexico's government is in talk with Peru's former president, Pedro Castillo, to grant asylum to the impeached leader who now faces criminal charges. Castillo met with Mexico's ambassador to Peru while in detention in Lima Thursday and stated he was at grave risk in the Peruvian capital. As government overspending has taken our nation's financial health in a downward spiral, President Biden announced a $36 billion, with a B, dollar bailout for the financially troubled Teamsters Union Pension Plan. The money will help roughly 350,000 people. The president said the money is coming from COVID relief funds, therefore won't need congressional approval. President Biden securing the release of Brittany Griner from a prison in Russia Thursday. The basketball player was exchanged for one of the biggest gun dealers in the world. The merchant of death is now able to jump back into his role. And again, Biden has left a Marine behind. For four years, Paul Whelan wakes up in his Russian prison cell and sings our national anthem despite his captors, according to his brother David, who is still waiting for the administration to do the Marine right. We are USA Radio News. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Just before the break, man went through a litany of absolutely chilling conditions that exist in China. And people may say, oh, that's China. That's a long ways away from here. And yeah, they're a communist country. And, you know, it's just not that way in our country. 
and uh, and I beg to differ. I think that Americans need to wake up and recognize that what is happening there is a precursor to what will happen in our country and is truly underway. I mean, you say, well, maybe it's just in California. Well, California is closer than China, and California is doing things that are moving us that direction. But in my home state of Utah, home state of Utah, I mean, the reddest of the red states, you know, and I, again, I, I get these visions of red China and red coats and stuff when they talk about red because Republican does not mean liberty. But Utah is known as the reddest of the red states. And, and in the state of Utah, Nan mentioned this uh, facial recognition thing. In 2021, the, the, here I'm telling you something, Sam. This is, this is happening now. In 2021, the Utah legislature passed Senate Bill 34. It's a governmental use of facial recognition technology bill. In that bill, your Fourth Amendment right... Go read the Fourth Amendment. I don't want to need or need to distract from Nan's interview. But your Fourth Amendment was destroyed by these legislators in Utah that said, Oh, we're gonna use we're gonna use facial recognition for these reasons. And and all sorts of challenges we could point out in that. But Utah, Utah has passed a face government facial recognition bill that now can be applied in any of the applications that Nan just mentioned that currently are in operation in China. And what he outlined, I think, was a very, very succinct approach for us to see, whoa, this stuff all does link together with big tech. It links to our finances. It links to our um, issues of, of uh, our political freedom. It links to our health issues. It links to everything. So How this brings up the question for Nan. How close behind the Communist Chinese Party are we in America? We think we're somehow separate, uh, but I submit to you, we're just not far behind, are we? Oh, yeah. If you go to China, China is, I mean, 10,000 times worse uh, <laughs> than what's happening here. Uh, uh, so if you go to China... Uh, We'll talk about the three aspects. Number one, well, here at least we still have media. Uh, you can report. I mean, uh, there's someone can report it, and you can still go to court to fight for it, and you still have the right to vote. Well, in China, you can't vote to change any of these things. They they will make uh, any legislations they want, uh, left and right. They they want to control anything. They just all you need is just uh, Xi Jinping make a phone call. That's it. Done. Right, so here we still can fight, we still can go to court, we still can have media put out a report. Uh, it, 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 it's, it's, uh, there's no comparison, you can't you can make the comparison between these two nations. Doctor, but here's the, here's the, here's the issue though, Nan, and I, I, man, your point is very well taken. We can still fight this. Why the hell aren't we? That's what really Amen, concerns sir. me. I mean, stop and think about this for just a minute. China is so far down the path, it's going to take a, the blood is going to have to be really deep to solve that problem there. Here in America, we have the chance to stop these things. But in Utah, there was almost not a whimper about this facial recognition, a keystone piece that had to be put in place in China in order to, to link all these things together. 
and and when uh, Senator Thatcher and Senator or Representative Segmiller brought these up, great Republicans brought these things up. Utah didn't even whimper. I know it, but ladies and gentlemen, listen. We not only have to worry about our own government in America, but human rights organization Safeguard Defenders reveals 48 more secret Chinese police stations worldwide, making the total of 102. There's currently four currently running stations in the United States, Nan. Uh, that It's correct, and that was a report a few weeks uh, ago being put out by uh, a spam-based NGO, Safeguard Defender. Um, so far, I still, uh, what I have read is just a, a partial report. Um, uh, it's basically in the last two decades of time, China, uh, without any agreement with all these governments, you know, about 50 countries around the world, without any agreements with any of these 50 countries' government, China sent their police authority um, to go to these countries and build the uh, build their different branches. So uh, the police, all these um, overseas police office, what they do is they basically uh, they will uh, doing the they will do uh, espionage and they will do infiltration to try to promote the Chinese regime's uh, influence into the local society. And they also, they, they you know, in the last uh, uh, ten, uh, 10 years, they have sent more than 200,000 Chinese people back to the country they left. Uh, so that was a really scary number. Uh, they basically, uh, if they... You know, or if these people have something the government wants, they will go to your home. They will find your home uh, in the in, here in the Western world, in the United States. They will use your relatives or wherever you have in China to threaten you. You know, your relative will be held hostage like the, in that situation. Then, then, you know, they will force you to go back to China. And I don't, I don't mean to make this too personal, but how does that relate to people like you who stand boldly, nobly for liberty? Uh, yeah, I, I have been uh, doing that for ever since the beginning of this century, uh, more than 20 years already. Uh, the only thing that really impacted me was back in 2007 when my dad passed away in China. They couldn't, I couldn't get a visa to go back to my dad's funeral. Other than that, uh, you know, I'm kind of like uh, 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 my direct relatives are already here in the United States, so uh, they I, they're not holding anything against me. They're not able to just. Well, God bless you for your liberty stance and for your focus on what matters most. I submit to you, though, that America, uh, I agree that there may be a huge difference between China and America currently, but I submit to you that we're taking pages out of their playbook left and right, Dr. Bradley. Well, I, I believe that's absolutely the case, and I believe we do have to look at this, and we have to look internally to ourselves. We have to say, how does this apply to me? But here's, here's the deal. From If I'm correctly understanding what, what Nan is saying, 
these um, outposts, if you will, these beachheads, if you will. Now look up the term beachhead in a dictionary and find out that it truly is a battle term. And, and so it is a, a warfare issue. These Chinese beachheads are being established in metropolitan areas in the United States. And the United States is allowing this without even a whimper again. These beachheads will be used to foster communist Chinese perspectives in the United States. They will be used to influence um, how things are done with their people when they're here. I suspect they're easily, uh, you know, they're tracking their own people. They're able to go. It's kind of like putting a Chinese mafia out there to go strong arm the Chinese people that that ostensibly are safe and secure in the United States. They've come here to the land of liberty. And now the goons can show up any time and say, hey, you know what, your mom and dad, we're gonna, they're going to fall on hard times in China if you don't do this or that or the other for us, if you don't shut your mouth about liberty, if you don't somehow uh, perform some labor for us. It could be even a covert action that they do to, f to feed information uh, out of their, maybe they're a university student or a university employee that has some highly secured information. This kind of stuff is completely subversive to our liberty here too. But I pity the Chinese people that are here and we're facilitating the establishment of a mafia within our country. These things are absolutely horrific in my opinion. And, and I, I can't believe that somehow the State Department isn't saying, you know what, we're revoking all of the authority of these people to be in our country. We're packing them up and sending them home. These goons that have come over here to, to basically terrorize Chinese citizens and or facilitate Chinese business here and or perhaps even collect some kind of covert information. We don't know. This All right, go ahead and skip the break. Horrible. And right now they're saying China is establishing economic beachheads all over America. It has facilities in 26 U.S. states, and it employs tens of thousands of Americans right now. The question becomes, is it only economic beachheads they're establishment, establishing, or is it more with these police stations we talked about? Uh, Nan, how does this look in America from your perspective? Well, so first of all, uh, don't don't just only think about the economic aspect of it. Uh, they are doing a lot of things. For I give you an example, uh, which you see in California. In, um, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of the news. Uh, FBI press charge against the five uh, Chinese secret agents who, uh, in July of 2021, set fire uh, in a park in California, Southern California, Yemo. Uh, uh, San Bernardino country. Uh, San Bernardino, uh, country, right? I'm sorry, uh, San Bernardino country, county, county. Yes, uh, there was a uh, there was a so-called Liberty Sculpture Park. Basically, that park provides all the giant sculptures just uh, just right next to Highway uh, Interstate Highway 15. So they have they they build these giant sculptures to. Uh, for memorial of the Chinese freedom fighters uh, that lost their battle or lost their life uh, for democracy. So uh, now in, in June, on June 4th of uh, uh, 2021, they completed one 
giant sculpture. It's called CCP virus. So it's a it's 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 basically it's a head shape sculpture. Half of face is Xi Jinping. Another half of face is a evil skeleton. Uh, you know, human skull. And so uh, less than two months after, and then uh, and then with all these spike protein, you know, like CC, uh, like uh, COVID, uh, all around his head, right? So it's a very funny sculpture, three-story in height, 27 feet. Now, t- less than two months after sculpture were, uh, was completed in July, uh, on July of uh July 24, they send the secret place to that place. They burn it down. They're totally burning down to the ground. And it took seven months for the artist and the volunteer to build it. Of course, they build it back. You know, uh, they start from after the fire uh, in October. They start rebuilding it. In, uh, and on June 4th of this year, they rebuild, uh, completely rebuild the sculpture. Uh, with some 35,000 pieces of uh, uh, rebar and welded by welded together by more than 80,000 of welding points, they say, well, they're never going to be able to burn it down again. So that's that's the story. They're they're actually setting fires. They are you know doing arson in this country in the United States. They're not just approaching you and threatening you. They actually take actions. You know, really, everything that he's talking about, again, should be chilling to every single one of us. This is something that is an overt, this is an invasion in a lot of ways. Going back to my beachhead analogy, you know, a beachhead is a, a defended position on a beach taken from an enemy by landing forces from which an attack can be launched. This is happening in America. We're complicit with this. Again, I try and bring these to our home beach, if you will. In Utah, again, our home state, Sam, not only are we doing idiot things on this thing, our governor, our previous governor, and and our current governor was complicit in this thing, had huge inroads into Utah inviting the communist Chinese. I mean, it it was a love fest that they brought these communist Chinese into Utah to establish a beachhead in Utah. We have people in high places that are complicit with selling out our liberty by these things. I just mentioned the 2021 bill that was passed about facial <coughs> excuse me, recognition and, and economic locations. And it, they're attacking, literally. Nan just said they had this monument or a, a statue that the goons that are doing the work of the communists out of China came there and on our soil in America burned it down. This is something that that I just can't even imagine unless the highest levels of the State Department are facilitating this. Well, they By are. The way, they are, and I'll prove it to you right now. So there's a headline right now from mainstream sources that says this: Chinese spying in the United States has become so widespread that the FBI is launching an average of two counterintelligence investigations a day. To counter the onslaught, that's FBI Director Christopher Wray that stated that publicly. It's mainstream press news. Now, here's the deal. Listen carefully. We know Eugene Yu literally stored election American election data on communist Chinese servers and got caught and got arrested. 
We claimed it was true. They said we're lying. It isn't true. And now the evidence is that it's factual. You've got Chinese spies and Chinese, um, I don't know what you want to call it, inroads beyond starter points. Uh, they have uh, literally been working at this for decades. And now Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht of True the Vote said they went to the FBI about these election uh, records being stored on communist Chinese servers. And the FBI at first worked with them and pretended that they were on the side of Catherine and Greg only to betray them and back the communist Chinese at the FBI level. So when Christopher Ray says he's looking into this, he's lying to you there in bed with the communist Chinese, Nan. Uh, well, a lot of Americans do not understand that China has been in war with us ever since the 90s. I mean, ever since middle 90s. Now, what happened is, uh, uh, if you look back, uh, back in the middle 90s, the Chinese military uh, designed and developed a strategy so-called unrestricted and unconventional warfare. This is a warfare basically without any bottom line, without any moral standard, which include economic warfare, cultural warfare, media warfare, uh, uh, and, and pretty much, you know, uh, everything they are in touch, you know, could be used as a as a device in war against us. So they have been. Um, well, let me let me do this and put it short. Everyone, if you are interested to know more about this, go to the epochtimes.com on the front page. There was a new movie just re- released by Epoch Times. It's called The Final War. The Final War. It's a war against the United States. We'll basically talk about a 100-year plot. It's a 100-year plot ever since 1949 when Chinese uh, communist regime took over control of China. They have a 100-year plot to take America down. This is what they are doing. And, and, and we are just such in our dreams and very rosy picture that we are changing China. But in fact, the reality is totally different. You know, Sam, I, I mean, I think Americans need to hear what Nan is saying. And, and, and what the, is really, really sickening to me, and in my book I talk a little bit about how we have the best enemies money can buy. We offer economic support to destroy our own everything. I mean, this most favored nation status thing that, that, that China enjoys. Uh, completely, they're dig- we're digging our own grave with all of our actions, and, and you know, there's it no goes, question. I mean, in fact, in the, the 90s, 19- when 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 uh, Nan speaks of this, they literally in I think it was L.A. Times, if I'm not mistaken, it was a long time ago. I reported on this live on the radio. China threatened to use the nuclear option if Americans yes. didn't settle down, and then they went on to explain the nuclear option was financial. You know what, Sam, I'll tell you something that that most Americans don't know. Uh, you know, in the 1930s, Mao Zedong and, and, uh, and Chiang Kai-shek were kind of wrestling around what was going on there in, in China. Uh, all through World War II, the Japanese had a huge presence in China. In fact, I think Chiang Kai-shek prevented 
literally millions of Americans from being killed by distracting the, the Chinese, excuse me, the, ja the Japanese. But what happened afterwards, our State Department and George Marshall turned all surrendered Japanese weapons. I mean, I'm not just talking small arms like rifles and a few bullets and stuff. We're talking uh, artillery and tanks and everything, aircraft, everything was turned over to Chairman Mao. And by that force, he forced Chiang Kai-shek out of China to Formosa, and he took control of China. And it, as, as Nan has mentioned, since 1949, this has been a juggernaut that's been attempting to completely overthrow the freedom of this land. It's been a concerted effort, and the United States keeps offering these little, oh, most favored nation offerings to them. And Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll educate their students here. We'll teach them all the stuff about all the technology. They'll take it back and apply it against their people. It's horrific what we are doing to ourselves, and nobody wants to listen. I think what, what Nan is saying is people have got to start paying attention. Nan? Okay, yeah. Uh, I usually say and, and say to people that, uh, you know, there's two ways in the history, last century uh, of United States history, there are two ways we're dealing with um, the communist government. One way was we dealt, how we dealt with the Soviet Union. We had a Cold War and until the, econo the, the economic collapse of the country, then they changed. Now, there's another way, totally different way, that, you know, uh, that we deal with China now. Uh, that way, it's to making China richer and richer again. Right now, uh, the total U.S. direct investment, I'm talking about this. I'm not talking about the trade. I'm talking about the cash investment in China was like close to $130 billion, and that's from the United States alone. And the, the entire Western world, think about it, it's like hundreds of billions of, of uh, cash investment in China. And I usually ask people to think. Now, imagine back during the Cold War time, Cold War time, if the Western world sending like hundreds of billions of dollars to Soviet Union, will Soviet Union ever actually come up with a person like Gorbachev to lead a political reform in Soviet Union. It will never happen. It will never happen. All this money that we send to China created one thing. This is one result. I usually challenge people, like do a simple comparison between the communist regime, how strong it is today, to any regime. I mean, any regime you can pick up and you can think of in the entire history of mankind. Let's do a five aspect of comparison. You can come up more aspect if you want. Number one, the total economic power. You know, China, China's GDP is number, one, number two right now, but if you do the GDP by PPP, purchase power, uh, uh, purchase, uh, purchase price parity, you know, because things are cheaper over there. China has exceeded the, the, the total GDP by PPP ever since, uh, you know, eight years ago, uh, exceed the United States. They are the biggest economic power right now. And number two, if you do the comparison about the military power, you know, Chinese Navy already have more naval, naval uh, battleships Vessels. than the United States. Yeah. Uh, number three, the total technology that possessed by the regime, right? 
think about the, the things they can do with the technology. And number four, the total population uh, controlled by the regime. You know, China has got a 1.4 billion people, the biggest population in the world. And number five, the history of killing its own people, its own people. You know, after the Communist Party took, regime took over control of China, it caused close to 80 million people's uh, death. Uh, in the you know ever since 1949, it's on the chairman Mao alone. So if you combine all these things together, what do you see? You won't have any other regime in the entire history of mankind that posed more threat to humanity and peace to the world than the Chinese Communist regime today. You just cannot find anyone else there. And we're sound all asleep. because of, final and, words, yours, Doctor Bradley. Yeah. No, I, I I tell you, thank you so much, Nan, for being on the program today. I I think that we've got to start paying attention. We're a sleeping and a slothful people, and uh, none of it has to happen. And and this stuff of most favored nation status and and how and by the way, it's been uh, perpetrated upon the nation mostly by Republicans, that the Democrats have gleefully laughed up their sleeves during the whole time this was going on. We have basically eviscerated our ability to stand in the gap and be the light to the world. And China's taken it over without firing a shot because we're giving it to them. Yeah, it's American money that'll make it happen. Nan Su, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you for having me, Sam, today. We'll have you back soon, sir. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Nan Su, senior correspondent from Asia for the Epic Times, theepictimes.com to keep an eye on Nan Sue's incredible work. For Dr. Scott Bradley and Sam Bushman, thank you so much for being alongside for the ride. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.